0: It's January 9th, 2011, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Well, Happy New Year, everybody.
1: Happy New Year. It's 2011. And it's snowing outside.
0: It is. This is kind of, uh, I guess, first of the season, right, for Dallas?
1: Yeah, first of, well, yeah, completely, because last year we had snow in December.
0: Yes, we did. And then
1: something in March, which was really strange.
0: Oh, that's right, we had that cold snap. Yeah, cold snow in
1: March. Just as everything started blooming, it snowed.
0: (gasps) That's right, the poor flowers. Yeah. Yeah, well, this has been our first big, cold, uh, I guess, extended period of time.
1: Yeah, or starting to be anyway. Right. But yeah, it's it's snowing, so Dallas is going to go absolutely insane.
0: Right. So watch the weather channel because everybody will be freaking out. And yes.
1: <laughs> well, I'll get the phone call from from James's mom about. Well, we saw you guys got a quarter inch of snow. Is everything okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you have supplies for three weeks? Are you okay? Are you? Yeah. So we down? stocked
1: up on bread and milk and water and. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a little bit of an event anytime it happens here. To get the year started off right, we thought since we're actually getting more calls for renovations and home improvement projects, that we might want to share a few tips on selecting a contractor, because that can make or break a project.
1: Make a make or break very quickly, mm-hmm. and we thought, well, last time we really talked about finding your architect, so we figure, well, if you found an architect, which people I guess are doing or. Making that effort too, anyway. From the phone calls we've been getting, yeah, that maybe it's a, this would be a great topic to cover, and and hopefully make the process easier for everyone listening.
0: Right, because I know, f- even for me being in the industry, the thought of hiring somebody to come actually work on my house rather than one of my clients' houses, it can be a little daunting because you just don't know. Unless you've got a, somebody you've been working with for a while, right. it's a little bit, you put some effort into it.
1: Right, well, and, and even for me, I mean, for us, it's easier for, because we do a little more residential work. Right, That true. We have a, a better list of contacts to go to, but if you're an architect and all you do is commercial construction, that can be a...
0: Yeah, you um, may not know residential contractors, right, or vice versa, really.
1: Really, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So, on that note, we thought we would start with just asking your architect... Most of us, most of the architects have contractors that they like to work with and we've worked with in the past people that we feel that we can trust and we're going to have an idea about who might be best suited to handle your project. Is it someone that can handle the level of detailing that your project is going to require? Can they handle the size of your project? We've had residential projects that have really needed a commercial size contractor just because of the scope and the size. At the same time, we've had commercial contracts that they really needed the level of detail that is required from a residential contractor. So it goes both ways and your architect is going to be able to hopefully guide you in that direction. And if you don't have an architect, don't be afraid to use this as a resource because when it comes to getting a contractor involved, you know, go to the people who know who to to talk to and even if we aren't your architect. Pick up the phone, call us, we're we'll going to be more than happy to help you out.
0: Yeah, because an architect who's been through multiple projects with a particular contractor, they are going to know how that contractor deals with the problem. There's no such thing as a perfect construction project. There's always going to well, be... Of course there is. Oh, <laughs> that's just silly of me to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean sometimes you cannot avoid problems, especially in a remodel, you just don't know what you're going to find when you open up those walls, but it's all in how the problem gets dealt with. That can be you can it can be simple and taken care of and nobody even notices or it can be totally blown out of proportion. You just don't want that kind of drama right. <laughs> in your house or around your project. So it helps to have somebody who's dealt with that contractor and seen the quality of work that their subcontractors can provide because that they've got those contractors have relationships with those subs if they've got crummy subs or good subs that
1: can make or break
0: that makes a huge difference yeah huge difference once you've talked to your architect you probably also want to talk to your friends a personal referral speaks
1: volumes. volumes
0: for the experience that you might be able to expect with a contractor so if you've got friends who've had work done be sure to talk to them about who they used even if their project wasn't similar to yours, they're still going to have some good advice to offer. You might even want to ask, would they use that contractor again? Would they use it if the project was larger or on a different part of their house? What would they have done differently? There's always, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. What, How would you have approached your project differently had you known what you know now?
1: Yeah, what, what didn't I know to ask ahead of time?
0: Right. I always like to get a personal reference and know that their one contractor may be fabulous at kitchens, but maybe they haven't done so much with an actual addition or right. foundation work or, you know, yeah. whoever knows what knows. This guy's a
1: great bathroom guy, but that's a, about as far as he goes. Right. Correct. Well, and, and you're talking to your friends, and you know your friends. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking with your friend who's very high maintenance, who is very demanding, and they're giving you a recommendation to a contractor, you know, take that information with you because if this person was able to meet their expectations and meet their needs and you know how difficult this friend can be, <laughs> then you may be walking away with a really, really great recommendation. And you know, take those things into consideration. Mm-hmm. Before you ever talk about your project with the contractor, and we mentioned this when we were talking about trying to find an architect, sit down and interview Your contractor. The architect may like them, your friend may like them, but you have to work with these people over the next, it could be 3 to 12 or 14 or 18 months, depending on the size of your project. You have to have a good relationship with them, and it can't be an adversarial relationship. We've had clients in the past who were convinced that the contractor was just trying to take their money, and it makes it very difficult to Get a project done because you're constantly doing extra work trying to, you know, every time a pay application come in, you're doing extra review work and having conversations with the client and making sure they're understanding what is happening. And if that relationship is established at the very beginning of, you know, the job, you know, during that first interview, if it's if you're not getting good vibes in an interview, then no matter what level of work the contractor can do, how well he can do the job, it's not going to matter because you're going to run the risk of having that bad experience. So sit down and really interview the contractor and make sure that you guys have a good connection.
0: Yeah, you absolutely have to be able to trust them. Um, I was having lunch with a couple contractors in one of my networking groups last week, and they said, yeah, I have to have a whole cabinet for all of my clients' keys that they trust me with. And they have to make special arrangements to make sure that there's a locking cabinet wherever they keep them. And I guess I had never really thought about it. But they said, oh, yeah, I have keys from projects I haven't worked on in a couple years. But the clients say, oh, you keep the key because I may need you to come back. I mean, it's that level of trust that you've basically invited them into your home, literally. So you want to make sure that when you hand over that key that you absolutely can trust them. If the interview goes well... And you feel comfortable enough to move forward to the next step. At that point, we would recommend that you ask for examples of their work and ask for references. And a good contractor is not going to have a problem doing either. Keep in mind, if your project fits a certain style, be sure that the contractor can show you similar work. You know, if it's if your project's really contemporary and all they can show you is really traditional, that may not be exactly the right fit because like we said before the subcontractors come with a certain set of skills as does that general contractor Mm -hmm. and if they are only used to working with trim
1: and crown molding right and those things can hide a lot of problems and a lot of errors if you're working on a contemporary project where there's none of that going on yeah and those details have to be perfect so make sure they can show you that kind of work
0: yeah, for example, if you're doing a contemporary project, a really, really good drywall person is absolutely essential because that is most of your project. You've got those nice, smooth, beautiful walls mm-hmm. that will show any imperfection. So you, not only does the drywall person have to be good, but the tape and bed guys have to be good, and the painters have to be exquisite. So a contractor who doesn't have access to those folks, that's not going to be a good fit for you. Of course, we realize that not everybody's going to be working with an architect, and you may just have a small project where you need a smaller general contractor or even just a specific tradesperson to come in and re- make a repair or something right. like that. Still, at Still, at the same time, don't hesitate to contact an architect, whether you know them personally or not, just for the sake of getting some recommendations. Even if we aren't working with you, we can still be a resource and we would rather have you give us a call, ask for some information because down the road you may have what you think is a simple modification and all of a sudden that contractor needs to go get a permit or needs drawings to complete something. So it's nice to go ahead and have that relationship established before an issue comes up where you need somebody to step in on your behalf.
1: But if you don't want to go either route, then start online. You can check out the NAHB and the NARI websites. NAHB is the National Association of Home Builders, and NARI is the National Association of the Remodeling Industry. We actually know a contractor. He and his wife are very heavily involved in that. I think
0: he was was, um, president president of of the chapter. chapter, Local chapter? National. National, I think. I think national.
1: Anyway, so both organizations have information on their websites regarding, you know, home building modeling and have links where you can actually go and find contractors and renovators in your area to, you know, give a call and, and get some quotes from.
0: Well, and it's not a guarantee that that members, contractors who are members of those organizations are going to be fantastic contractors That's or true. a good fit for you. But it is a good start because at least you know that they're enough invested in their industry to seek out other people that you know to grow their knowledge of their industry and have the support. And a lot of these organizations also offer awards programs. So if you can find somebody who's actually won some awards, um, that gives even more credibility to their work.
1: That's true. And there's a site called Angie's List, which is particularly interesting because it's really businesses that are, I guess, recommended by the people who use them.
0: Yeah, they're rated by people who, their customers. Yeah. Um, So so if you, you know, I've read some reviews on there that said um, they had a great plumber, but he tracked mud all over their carpet. And so...
1: Those little things. Yeah, can little add things up. like that.
0: If they're doing that for the next six months and destroying half your house, that's not very nice.
1: Right. But it's, a, it's yeah. a great, and it's an easy resource to get to. Yeah, it as well. is. And yeah,
0: you don't have to be a subscriber to see all of the information.
1: And of course, when it's out there's always Google. You
0: know. Yeah, I always think, I'm just always surprised when I Google something that there might be a little reference on some website or on somebody's even on a Twitter feed or a Facebook someplace, that can give you just a little bit more insight. It's worth a try. It takes two seconds.
1: Yeah, and it's always amazing what you find.
0: That's true. So as you're looking, we thought we'd mention some of the things to look out for. And especially if you aren't working with an architect or an interior designer, or if this is your first project and you just don't know what you don't know. If you're working with an architect and you find a contractor independently of that architect or maybe you came to the design project with an architect I mean with a contractor already in mind, you need to keep in mind to still let that contractor sit down and talk with the architect. Have a group interview so that everybody's on the same page that you have a general understanding of how the project's going to go between your architect or designer, you and the builder. Because if you value your project, then work to find a contractor that's going to play well with your architect and vice versa. Because you may have a couple of competing egos in the room that could just make your life miserable. We hope that doesn't happen, but every once in a while, the chemistry is just not there. We had actually just a few years ago, I was on a project where the con- the client was working with us for a while. We got the design Almost through construction documents, and they said, Oh, and by the way, we have a friend who recommended this contractor out in East Texas, and we're going to use him. We don't want to do bidding, we don't want to put this out to anybody else. And we said, Okay, because this has happened before, and typically it's not a problem. But we did insist on sitting down and having a contractor's meeting with this guy just so we'd meet him and find out sort of what his background was. Well, it turns out that this was a pretty detailed and extensive addition and remodel that we were working on. And his only experience was doing small builder style, brand new homes that did not require any investigating or forensics or, you know, measuring what the existing stuff was. And it just turned out to be clash of the Titans. It was not a good situation. <laughs> we had, I mean, it was, we were head from the beginning because he, had, he was a builder, and so he only had ever worked with, you know, maybe a plan shop, or basically the plans were delivered to him, and then he was head honcho on the rest of the project. Well, when we work out with our contractors, as you know, we're involved through the whole construction process. There is some collaboration and some decision-making on site, And we typically ask that since our clients have paid for the drawings that they are building from, that they actually (laughs) (laughs) look at the drawings and use them and follow them. Anyway, so it just went from bad to worse. And the contractor was actually poisoning – that's a really strong word. But they were talking behind our backs to the client saying, this architect is wasting your time and your money. There's no way – I'm not even going to look at those cabinet details – why are you paying them to draw them when really he didn't understand that this co- this client wanted these very custom very elaborate almost floating cantilevered vanities in the bathroom and it was just uh, not a good fit wow yeah so anyway that's a very long story just to tell you that it ta- it pays to have a little bit of chemistry in the beginning a little bit of respect and and commonality between all of the people who are going to make this happen for you, because you don't want to be playing referee through the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Wow. Or being forced to pick sides, because that's never good.
1: That's never good. No. Right. Well, and if it sounds too good to be true, as I always say, yeah. it's too good to be true. you know, is the contractor telling you that it's going to take, oh, it'll take a month? <laughs> and what they haven't told you is that the light fixtures you want or the tile that you want has a six-week or eight-week lead time. That can cause a lot of problems really fast. And if they're telling you that, don't be afraid to go and speak with somebody else, get a second opinion about what you're being told because as we found out recently that tends to happen that you know they're going to tell you one thing when in fact there's a real truth out there that's going to save you potentially time and heartache and money. We had um someone call us who was leasing a new space there opening a salon and they the company they're leasing the space from was having a contractor finish it out. He was telling the this particular person that well to get your CO you're going to have to have plans and this and that oh and I've got a friend who can do all of that work for you for about $1,500. Well it sounded kind of strange to her so she called us and we met with her and connected her with the city of Dallas building inspection department who was more than happy to tell her, oh, for your certificate of occupancy, you just need to come down here and fill out the form and pay the fee, and then we'll come walk the the space and give you your CO. $217 instead of the $1,500.
0: Not needing a whole set of drawings yeah, just to get that accomplished. Yeah.
1: So when you're being told something and you think, gosh, that just sounds strange, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and, and call someone and say, you know can you give me a couple of minutes and let's talk about this? We didn't, we didn't even charge her for our time because it was more of just a courtesy, you know, have her come in and sit down and say, Hey. And we were able to also recommend to her another contractor Mm -hmm. because she had work she had to do in the space and she certainly wasn't trusting this guy anymore. Right. So we were able to connect her with somebody who we thought would be a good fit.
0: Also, don't be afraid to ask for additional information when a contractor brings you a bid anybody worth their salt is going to be happy to show you the quotes or um, any of the pricing details that they got from their subcontractors. And if they tell you they don't have them or if they are maybe just estimates, maybe they're just giving you an allowance, then either just ask for more details on that or you might even want to try calling another contractor to get that second opinion. Mm -hmm. Again, just get a little bit of background on, uh, not even background, but...
1: Just additional information, just ask them for that detail and and make sure that you know what you're getting.
0: Yeah, and we've done that before with some of our clients, and it turns out that, you know what, that tile really is that expensive. Mm -hmm. And so if it actually is that expensive, maybe we just need to shop for a different tile. Exactly. It may not be the contractor at all. Um,
1: you may just need to rethink your, you know, okay, right. I have a budget. Well, maybe do I increase my budget? Maybe I need to look for alternate materials to kind of bring the cost down. Right. You never know.
0: Yeah, exactly. There are lots of other value engineering things you can do if something just is not quite fitting in what you were thinking it was going to cost.
1: Right, but any contractor worth of salt is going to be able to, you know, if he's not willing to give you detail, that's a flag going up saying maybe, maybe this isn't such a good... Good connection
0: right well and that kind of brings up a good point of in those numbers will be their contractors fee mm-hmm. so can we give our listeners some sort of idea of what a typical range of contractor fees might it be it could be
1: anywhere from if it's commercial it could be 12 percent it could be eight percent it could be residential i've seen residential contractors want to charge 25 percent
0: 25 percent on top of the cost right. of the actual of construction cost plus 25
1: percent. okay so it can get pretty extensive, and you just have to look around, and that's something to consider when you're when you're talking with everyone, when you're doing your interview, and you've you've got that relationship built, and think, okay, this feels good. Let's get some more information, and that's one of those things because you may not be willing to pay that twenty five percent. So, okay. and another word of advice for everyone out there: don't work with your family or friends. It's real tempting to because, you know, it's family or you know, you've known these people for a long time and, and this is the work they do, but it can be a real recipe for disaster and it can end up da- permanently damaging your relationship. Our next door neighbor, the one that bought the house that was sitting vacant for three years, All right. thank you, she's hired her brother-in-law to do the renovation and what has, she was supposed to be in at the beginning of December. And they're still not done. And oh, and you know
0: she was thrilled to not be in over Christmas. Oh, sure. To not have her house finished. Sure. Uh, and,
1: and they're still a couple of months away from completion. Yeah. But what's happening is, well, he's doing this at a discount. He's doing it for probably, he's probably not even getting any fee on it would be my guess. Right.
0: He's giving his guys work when they're not. Not busy. Otherwise obligated on another right. project. Right. Exactly. But
1: he's going to obviously, the paying clients the people really putting up money are going to be the ones who are going to get priority oh sure and so she's of course irritated with him because he's not getting the work done in the right. schedule that she was hoping for
0: oh and that's just the worst is when your house is torn up and you go days without seeing any workmen on the project oh anymore. yeah and that's what you're just sitting around happening. going what's the deal yeah.
1: luckily <laughs> she she has a house that she still owns and lives in so okay. she's not having to you know so she's not in this one in this space it right oh, right thank that's goodness good. But at the same time, you've got to remember you can fire a contractor and you can't fire family members. That's so right. You can, but it's going to end up being the end of a relationship. Right. That's not not something that's easy to do.
0: Okay, and finally, we can't finish this conversation without talking about contracts. It's not a sexy topic, but it's, it's really vital. a good idea we would recommend not signing just an estimate without a clear understanding of what everybody's responsibilities are and what rights you have if something goes wrong. That's really crucial. Um, The American Institute of Architects has a client-contractor contract that's available for use, or the contractor might have one. In that instance, we... You just want to review both of them. I mean, whatever contract is presented, just have it reviewed by somebody else, And either an architect or maybe your attorney.
1: But somebody who knows what to look for and right. know, knows the pitfalls of you know construction contracts because we had a client that we were, it was a small project. We were just more consulting with her, really. And she brought us this contract from the contractor, and there were things in it that we thought we would never allow this level of I guess it really was allowances as far as, you know, the countertops could be out uh, an eighth of an inch over, like, eight feet. So if you set a pencil on it, it was just going to roll right off.
0: Right. And that that contract, if you had signed that, said, sure, that's fine, no problem. Yeah. I won't make you fix it.
1: Yeah. And things like that, 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 you know, big red flags. And for what she was wanting to get accomplished, this certainly wasn't going to be a good contract for her. So make sure that you get somebody reviewing that who understands all the ins and outs and the implications you know maybe it's an architect to read for the parts about the you know counters being out of level and floors not being right or you know doorways not fitting correctly and at the same time have an attorney read it for all the con- real contractual things about what your legal rights are and all that sort of stuff right. get some an opinion and it's maybe an hour for a co- for an architect to do and you know that may be the best 150 bucks you spent. Right, you especially if
0: it's a standard contract, it's pretty uh, obvious when something's been changed or, you know, we can pretty much walk you through that and explain what you, what your rights are and what you're going to be able to expect.
1: Yeah, what well, you should be that. able to expect yeah. from the contractor.
0: And a lot of times in the contract there will be mention of some sort of warranty. Mm-hmm. And typically, I think in the AIA contract it's a year. I think so. Um, that the contractor has to come back and fix issues mm-hmm. depending on whether it's labor or materials or right. well, however that works defect
1: out. In whatever. Right.
0: Yeah. So be sure whoever you're working with uh, is going to honor that and that it is actually part of the contract. Don't just assume that they'll be thrilled <laughs> to, to show come back
1: up at your house <laughs> and fix that. And
0: fix things right. Right. So hopefully we haven't just scared the bejesus out of you about starting a construction product and hopefully you can take away some useful information and tips. But remember, don't be afraid to reach out to an architect, even if you are not working with an, even if you've never met one.
1: Right. Right. Even if you have no idea, just, you know, pick up the phone and phone book and call.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you might even want to talk to a couple of them just to kind of get an idea of who's a good contractor in your area and what, you know, there may be some spike in material costs that hasn't made it on the news yet, but you need to be aware of it so that Uh, When it comes back on your bid, you don't freak out that that actually is the case of what's happening in the world. Mm
1: -hmm. We can actually be a really valuable resource if you just reach out. And should you need to reach out to us, to HPD Architecture, we can be found all over the web. As someone said to me at a networking thing, oh, you can't throw a rock without hitting one of
0: us. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I love that too.
1: So you can look for HPD Architecture on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter and LinkedIn, as well as at our website, www.hpdarch.com. And if you're in the Dallas area and you want to meet us, be sure to come out to the Architecture Happy Hour Happy Hour. You can find all the information regarding that on meetup.com slash Hour. But for now, we're going to venture out into the... Oh, it's actually snowing, snowing. Oh, it's snowing. Out into the snow and onto the freeways and... uh, Pray for us, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Subaru is getting really excited. I'm sure. Yes, because she doesn't get to try out her four-wheel drive very much. Well, there you go.
1: Yes. At least you have four-wheel drive.
0: There we go. Anyway,
1: but for right. now, I'm Larry.
0: And I'm Laura.
1: And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.